Good morning, everyone. This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. What's going on? Happy December 14th, as you already know. If you haven't wrapped up the business end of things that you wanted to do in 2020, you might as well start putting them towards 2021, which is fine. But, you know, if you had goals for this year, uh, if like paperwork, uh, do anything that you needed to get official signatures and business done, it's going to be really hard in the United States uh, in mid-December during a pandemic. Because I feel like people are using the pandemic, you know, as an excuse for everything, you know. I couldn't do it because of the pandemic. Okay, well, you know, I sent my stuff in six months ago, though. (laughs) You couldn't get it done in six months. So, yeah, it's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And uh, people are just using this as an excuse. But December 15th or mid-December, December 14th is today. But, like, we're in mid-December. It's You're going to have to start waiting till next year for certain things. Um, and that's okay. You know, just stick with your plan. Um, and sometimes plans get changed and you have to pivot. But I think the greatest gift you can give yourself is to be able to read a room. So I have a lot of young people that listen to this podcast, and that's really, really cool. Uh, but one one piece of advice I would uh, definitely give out if someone asked for it, uh, if they said, you know, what skill do you think I need to have as I enter the workforce or as I grow up or just be able to read the room. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Uh, listen to what people are saying to you. Not so much what they're saying and then, well, you got to listen to what they're saying, but also then pay attention to what they do because people will tell you anything and then they'll go and do whatever they want. It's what they do that shows you who they are. So read the room and listen and pay attention. And if you're entering a male-dominated field, Learn their salaries, figure out what they make and figure or figure out how to get paid, especially if you're a female, competitively, because this whole idea that it's okay to just pay women less just because, because their husband makes a lot of money or because they're not married, they don't need as much money or just because they're not a man like that is ridiculous. And like I said, I wish LeBron James cared passionately about this topic because he would tweet about it and, you know, it would be a thing. But right now, people just seem to be okay with it. Do you know that 900,000 women left the workforce since um, COVID? You know, because it was just easier to be at home if somebody had to be home. And you can't tell me they're going to go back to the workforce and not be punished. If they're able to get back into their field, they're going to be, they're going to have, there's going to be justification to pay them even less money. So I'm not seeing how this isn't going to be a devastating long term in terms of income disparity. You know, it's just really frustrating. And as a woman who's been working in traditionally male dominated fields, I know I've made a lot less than men. Uh, in in my same position. Not only that, I've never been oppor- offered the opportunity that some of my male counterparts have been offered in terms of mentorship. Uh, let me take you under my wing and give you advice. And, you know, as a female filmmaker, 
when I was in LA, that was not the energy that was coming towards me. (laughs) You know, uh, I wasn't offered uh, the opportunity to be mentored. They wanted their, the energy was different. And I'm not saying anybody did anything to me untoward. Uh, I was never attacked, but I also was never embraced as just somebody who wanted a chance to make good films. Um, and now that I am older and all this Me Too stuff is coming out, you, you're like, okay, because a lot of the stories start when I was headed out to L.A. And I knew it was something not right uh, about what was going on and the meetings you'd have to take. And, and some people were just a little sketch, you know. Some people didn't take you seriously and you felt like it was because you were young young and female, but then other people were just, you know, kind of slimy. So yeah, and uh, I always thought I was a good writer. So I just, I really got frustrated by that whole process. And I look and I think, and I'm not making excuses, but I fully believe in my heart, if I had been a male filmmaker, my experience would be so much different. Because, you know, and it comes up because I was talking to one of my friends, her family was up from uh, another part of Missouri. They didn't really, uh, well, her mom anyway. And, um, you know, I guess she had told them about me, but, you know, they started asking me specific questions. And I just remember driving back and forth. Well, I actually only drove to LA, uh, back from LA once, but I, all in my twenties, I just went to LA, ran out of money, came home, went to LA, ran out of money, came home <laughs> to LA, ran out of money, came home. I did that for about five or six years. Uh, and, um, yeah, it was stressful and disappointing and frustrating because, you know, I just didn't come from a family that could support me while I was trying to build this thing. And I either didn't know how to build it or, uh, no one was interested in showing me how to build it, which probably was a combination of the two. Um, cause even while I was interning, it wasn't an open and embrace of, oh, okay, you know, you want to make movies, what you got? Like, what are your ideas? What do you, there was nothing like that. People were mean. They didn't even really want to talk to you. The people on the lot, the people who were actually working in film were the worst. They were snotty and obnoxious. Uh, the people in the department they stuck me in for a while, they were nice, but they weren't doing what I wanted to do. Um, which did lead me to, so Here's a story. So at that time, one of the big shows on TV uh, was Designing Women when I was interning. And I loved Designing Women. And it was a Warner show. It was Lorimar. So I got to read a ton of their scripts. And as you know, I would make copies for work. And then I put a copy in my bag. And one of those shows I loved. I watched it. I was a fan. And part of the reason why I was excited about the internship because uh, in my mind, it was going to be completely different than what I actually did. But I was excited because, you know, this studio was making all these shows that I liked. And one of them was Designing Women. And so, uh, I, like I said, I was a fan. And recently, I just started watching them. I found, I found them on Hulu because the reruns haven't been out for years. Like Lifetime used to run them decades ago. But now you just can't hardly find the show. And it's so funny and it's so smart and it's so passionate, but it's very much a female show, right? And um, 
it was hilarious. So well written. So I started watching it, just cracking up. And I don't know, something said, just Google Linda Bloodworth Thomason. So she's the creator of the show. And um, I found that she had been uh, a victim of Me Too, but not sexually harassed. And it just dawned on me like, oh, snap. Okay. So right around, I think the early to mid 90s, she got a huge deal from CBS. But they also got a new CEO, a new guy to run the the network. And it was Les Moonves, who if you Google him, you will see he he's married to Julie Chen, but he's also been accused of tons of sexual harassment. Stepped down, I think, two years ago, last year, maybe. Uh, so it turns out he blackballed all her shows because he I, it, you get the impression that he thinks she was just a mouthy woman like he hated designing women. And so she wrote a, a pretty flaming op ed piece about him. And what was interesting is, and, and his harassment of her, and basically he dogged her out of the studio. He would not um, greenlight any of her show ideas, which is kind of unheard of after you've had a seven-year successful hit network show. And so she made an excellent point. So I grew up watching CBS, and I grew up watching Mary Tyler Moore, One Day at a Time, um, uh, The Carol Burnett Show. These shows were all focused around women, uh, independent women, uh, strong female centered characters. Carol Burnett was the star of her show. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore was the star of her show. Uh, she, uh, her character was single and making it in the world without a man. Those were the shows I grew up on. Those were on CBS, Alice, all these shows. And Linda Bloodworth Thompson fit that with designing women. The show, they they weren't all single, but the show was about the women. It was called Designing Women. And so when Les Moonves took over, just to give you some contrast, um, Two and a Half Men, Charlie Sheen becomes the face of the network. Now, Charlie Sheen, that show is funny. Chuck Lorre writes funny shows. But I'll be honest with you, uh, there was nothing reputable about this guy, this character. Charlie, the man, the real dude, and the guy on the show is incorrigible. He's awful. And yes, they openly embrace it. But the network that gave us uh, Carol Burnett and Mary Tyler Moore and Anne Romano from One Day at a Time and Alice and, and uh, all these strong women now is also known to these macho, super hyper masculine shows like NCIS and CSI and um, uh, the cold sterile procedures. I think one show that snuck in under his tenure that that uh, kind of was a good look for women, but kind of not, but kind of was The Good Wife. Um, and I guess the only way that made it is because it was about her being a wife. It had wife in the title. So it's interesting to me that I have tried to enter this business with so much hostility towards women. And the whole time I've been a woman and I'm a black woman and I speak my mind and I'm not interested in just I was not raised by parents or teachers or anybody on my path to lower myself, lower my intellect, dim my light to make anybody feel better, but especially a man. That was not how I was raised. 
So I didn't read the room right. (laughs) I read it wrong. And I've spent the last 30 years uh, wandering in the desert and trying to figure it out. And in the last 10 years, I've come closer to figuring out because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to build my own business and grow it. And whatever comes from that comes from that. And so that's been, um, you know, it's not a billion dollar enterprise yet, but it's been wildly successful. I built a business that I'm proud of, that I wanted to be a part of, that I can go out in the world and champion. This podcast is a big part of that. Okay. Um, And I didn't have the skills to read the room properly the first time, but I can read it perfectly right now. You know what I mean? I've been to all the movies. I know exactly how they all end. I am am new to the world in terms of uh, my personality and any any credibility I've built in, in my career, but I ain't new. You know, I'm not brand new to anything and you can't tell me who I am. So those are things that are very important. Those are skills that you must build yourself. Listen, that business is, is scummy and scuzzy in a lot of ways, but when when they get it right, it's beautiful. There's so much great art out here. Get, if you get a chance, check out Euphoria. It's produced by Drake, and uh, it stars the fantastic Zendaya. She uh, won an Emmy for her, for the first season, and they just did a uh, a, a very COVID influenced, obviously, production of a, a like a special episode called Trouble Don't Last Always, and it's more like a play because the show is kind of like a fever dream, but not being able to have the cast and the exposure and all that stuff. You can tell they had to cut back and it, it works because uh, Zendaya is fantastic. And the other actors in the show are really good with her because there's only three people in the show, uh, in the episode, um, maybe four max, but yeah, it was fantastic. There's good art out here. Uh, and these young, these young women in the industry right now, they came to play. They are not joking around. Michaela Cole, please check out, um, I may destroy you on HBO. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about the future. I'm not only excited about the future in general, I'm excited about the future of film and media, uh, because there's so much talent out here and women are starting to realize, you know what? I don't have to stop working at 40. I don't have to stop, uh, being interesting or, or, you know, you got all these actors who are producing now and it's just, I mean, Regina King is directing and she's, she is, she is aptly named. Okay. She is the King. She is a boss and I'm here for it. I've been watching her on TV since 1982. You know, she's badass and I'm a fan, huge fan. Um, and I'm excited about my own future in this industry. And, uh, you know, if it sounds like I'm flexing a little bit, I am because <laughs> we're just getting going and I'm really excited and I can't wait to share the journey with you. Thank you for this wonderful uh, year. You guys have listened, you supported, um, and I can't thank you enough for that. I appreciate the energy. I appreciate the love and the support. I love you back. Please be safe. Be well. We'll meet back here tomorrow. Uh, and, you know. If you're young, even if you're not young, (laughs) wherever you are in your life, if you need to pivot, don't be afraid to pivot. Read the room and pivot. You may need to change your situation. Who knows? You know, that's between you and God. But uh, figure it out if you're not happy. But if you are happy, cool. 
But if you're not and you know you need to make a change, just meditate on it, figure it out and pivot. Sometimes sometimes you just got to take a detour, go another way. All right. All right. Be your best.